Hello to everyone. We're thankful for another opportunity to study the Word of God with you. Thank God for His goodness and mercy upon us. We're thankful to be saved. Thankful for the power of God that abides with His people. Thankful for His keeping power and that He is faithful and trustworthy in all things. Certainly we would be without hope otherwise. We're looking in 1 Kings 18 in this study of Elijah and Elisha. And we got down last time to verse 21. As Elijah has met Ahab, they have called the children of Israel and all the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah has begun by speaking to all the people. Now remember, the prophets of Baal are here. The children of Israel are here. And Ahab is here. Jezebel is not. But the king, Ahab, is here. Obadiah, the man that Elijah met in the first part of this chapter, no doubt he's there. All of these people have met together on Mount Carmel, and Elijah opens by saying, let's not halt between two opinions. Let's not be crippled up any longer, but let's figure out what the truth is, and let's serve and go after the truth. If Baal's God, well and be, let's go after Baal with all of our heart. If God is God, well and good, let's go after God with all of our heart. But don't try to serve both any longer. And you know, that's a, a, a wonderful... You could preach right there for hours on end. What wonderful words that Elijah spoke to the people. Let's serve one or the other. Let's not be crippled between two opinions. And the people answered him, not a word. So in verse 22, so there was opportunity for response. Nobody had anything to say. The word of God, and it's something. The power of the word of God is able to shut the mouths of all of mankind and man believes he's going to stand before God with an answer, when before his word, there's not even a response to the word of God. On this earth, from Elijah's mouth. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are four hundred and fifty men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under. And call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. So Elijah, and realize this now, that Obadiah has hid a hundred prophets in the cave. We know that. And so Elijah's not necessarily the only prophet that's left. But those men have been hid by Obadiah, and it's been kept secret. So the, the majority of the people, they don't know that there's any other prophets left. And in the eyes of the people, it looks like Ahab and Jezebel has triumphed in stomping out the word of God. But that's not the case. Here's the man Elijah, and all God needs is one. 
and of a truth, God can bring judgment without any man. But here's Elijah, one man, I, only I, and he's going to go up against the 450 prophets of Baal. So you look at that outwardly now, at the just the fleshly portion of that. One man versus 450. Now, what kind of odds does Elijah have of succeeding? And I, I think you can see that in a lot of ways. That, well, you're so far outnumbered. There's so many more against you. You, you just don't stand a chance. There's no way that you can be right, and there's only one of you, and there's 450 of us. Surely that larger number is a sign of who's right. Well, I would say that that very thought abides today in the hearts of people that go to these large, super, mega churches, places with thousands and thousands of members, places with 500 members. You know, surely we're better than the church down the road or up the road. It's only got 50. It's only got 30 or 70 members. Look at how greatly we outnumber them. Well, friends, the number of people, that's not what's important. It's what doctrine and what truth is being stood upon and whether or not the spirit and power of God presides in the people. The power of God upon one man is better than 450 gathered together in religion. That's going to be proven. So here's the deal. Each side take one bullock. So they both get the same sacrifice. They both, Elijah gets a bullock, the 450 prophets of Baal get a bullock. They carve it up, they lay it on the altar, and they call on God. So they both got the same opportunity and they both got the same sacrifice and they're given ample amount of time. And here's the thing, whichever one answers by fire, that's the one we'll serve. So now if the prophets of Baal say, think about the place that they're put in here. If they say, no, we're not going to agree to that, then what, what kind of God do they serve? What, what kind of faith do they have? They're not willing to come down to the Word of God and reason. They don't have the faith in their God to stand. And that's the way people are. They, they serve a God, a God that they say is going to save them in the end, and yet they're unwilling to come down and face the Word of God. You know why? They know that their God will not stand in the presence of the Word. They know that their God is not true. And if the prophets of Baal said, No, Elijah, we do not agree with that, then anybody with any sense would have said, Why not? This is a fair agreement. You must not believe that Baal is able to answer. That would be the only reason that they would not be willing to come. Now, people that claim to be saved, that absolutely refuse to come to the house of God and hear the preaching, why is that? They know what they've got. Won't stand before the Word of God. So really, the prophets of Baal, they're left with no other answer 
other than to agree with the challenge that Elijah has laid out. They have to. If not, then they are proving that they're false, which they're going to do. They're going to do that either way. It's certainly been better for the prophets of Baal to have bowed down and said, Look, our God's not able to answer. I realize that our God does not have the power. We called on Baal and he was unable to bring rain. Why should I call on Baal now and think he's going to bring fire down? But that's how deceived that they are. These people truly believe, these prophets truly believe that Baal is God. We're going to see how much they believe in just a minute. So this proposition couldn't be refused and it would bring indisputable evidence of who God was. Now if there was any question before at the end of this trial we ought to know who God is. Whether it's Baal or whether it's the God of Israel the God of Elijah, the God that Elijah prays unto, we will know of a certainty by the end of this trial who's God. Wouldn't that be a great benefit today in the lives of people to be able to nail it down and know who God is? There's a way to do that. By the power of the Spirit, if man would be willing to reason with God, God's willing to reason with man. He says, come now. Let us reason together. Come down to the Word of God. Come to the Gospel and let's reason together and let's see. But boy, people are, people are unwilling to even reason with you. No, you, they don't give you any chance whatsoever. It's pitiful. But they're deceived. Their hearts are deceived. So notice this. In verse 23, lay it on wood and put no fire under. He says it twice in verse 23. Now I'm going to skip ahead just a little. The end of verse 25, put no fire under. So three times Elijah says, don't put fire under it. You know what the prophets of Baal were used to doing? They were used to laying a sacrifice on the altar, building a fire underneath it, and the fire that they built devour the sacrifice, and then tell the people that Baal had answered and approved of it. You know what that was? Deceitfulness. Baal hadn't answered. It was a fire that they had built. It was fake. Put on. A magic show. In Exodus chapter 7, here's Moses down in the land of Egypt. Exodus chapter 7, verse 11. So Moses has turned his rod into a serpent. Then Pharaoh called the wise men and the sorcerers. Now the magicians of Egypt, they did also in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. So God was working by his true power. But these magicians, you know, we, we have magicians today that's able to work illusions that are astounding to watch. 
I enjoy watching and seeing just how they can trick you into thinking that you've seen something that you never saw. Well, here were magicians. They were using enchantments and tricks to reproduce what God was doing. The difference is God was doing it by power. They were doing it by tricks. Well, that's the way Baal's prophets had worked. They had worked with tricks and deceit and lies. And I believe in 2 Timothy, we see a reference to these magicians. Chapter 3, verse 8. Now as Janus and Jambres, now those two names, we know, are of Egyptian origin. As Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. So in Moses' day, there was Janus and Jambres, the Egyptian magicians, that were able with enchantments to deceive and produce lies that were not the power of God, but was by the trick of man. Tricking man into thinking he saw something that he didn't see. It was a trick. But you know what they were doing with their tricks? They were resisting the truth of Moses. But now the time's going to come that the magicians are going to say, we, we can't do this. This is the finger of God. Well, God's going to prove that this is not a trick. It's not cunningly devised fables that we're following. But this is the truth. This is the power of God. God's going to get it down to the truth here. And there's not going to be a shoe in the flesh that's going to be a part of it. In Galatians chapter 6, verse number 12, as many as desire to make a fair shoe in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. What was this crowd interested in? One thing, a fair shoe in the flesh. They were interested in a show. And as in Timothy where we read that they had a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Well, that's what the prophets of Baal have got. They offer on an altar. They offer on wood. They have a sacrifice. But they put the fire under it. And it's their fire that consumes the sacrifice. It's their power that brings this to pass. And Baal has absolutely nothing to do with it. But boy, when you take away the power of man here, when Elijah says, look, don't put any fire under it, if you build a fire, then God's not been answered. It's your fire that's consumed it. Well, man today tries to work up and stir up and cry up a testimony that would be impressive and acceptable to man. Man today tries to imitate and put on the Spirit of God, acting, acting, that's what the word hypocrites means in the New Testament. It's play actors, role actors. They're acting a part. Well, that's the way man does. 
He puts his own fire under. It's his own tears. It's his own words. It's his own wisdom. And the power of God is missing. And now listen. Emotions, tears, and tales, they can make me cry. They could make me emotional. They could make me smile. But only the power of the Spirit of God is like an earthquake in the inward man. That's the power of God. God's unmistakable. Not a fake. Not a put on. In 1 John chapter 4, and boy, there's a lot. There's a lot that's said to be the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God led me to say this. The Spirit of God led me to this scripture. The Spirit of God led me to this thought. Well, friends, when what you say does not agree with the scripture, know this, God did not lead you to that. The Spirit of God did not lead you to something that disagrees with the doctrine of the Word of God. You've put your own fire under it. You've stirred it up your own self. You've worked it up by your own power, but God was not in it. It's your own fire that's under it. That's why in 1 John 4 he says, Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets, false. What's false mean? That it's not true. They're not true prophets. You know what they're doing? They're acting like it. They're putting on that the power of God is on them. They're acting like God is moving in their hearts. But it's their own fire that they've built. It's not the leadership of the Holy Ghost of God. John says, try them. Make sure what you're following is the right thing. Take the influence of man out of the picture. Take the influence of the flesh out of the picture. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, From henceforth, no, I know man after the flesh. I'm not interested in the flesh, in what man looks like, or in what man tells me in the flesh. I'm interested in one thing, what the Holy Ghost bears witness in my heart to what they say. Try the spirits, whether they're of God. Make sure that it's the right thing. Elijah was not interested in a show. This, and, and you know, think about it like this now. The show, that would deceive the simple. If they had lit a fire under it, and they would have said, Baal answered, the simple-minded would have believed that lie. Wouldn't they? Well, in Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, that's what he says. Janus and Jambres withstood Moses. So do these. They're men of corrupt minds. They resist the truth of God. They lead away captive silly women. They deceive and turn the hearts of the simple. They're leading people into destruction. You know what we need? We need discernment to know the truth between the fake, the fraud, the false, and the true power of God. Elijah has set it up. 
Don't put your fire under it. Don't you kindle anything. But let this be the power of God. It's either going to be Baal that answers or God. We're not going to influence this in any bit. So, verse 25. And Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal. Well, hold on, let's back up just for a second. It is well spoken. There was no argument with what Elijah said. There was agreement. This is what we're going to do. And so, if there had been any disagreement, then easily it could have been said, well, are you afraid your God won't answer? The prophets of Baal couldn't say that, unless they were going to repent, and they certainly weren't going to do that. So, here, they're in a place that, well, we've got to do something. We've got to give some kind of an answer. So let's just give in. Let's do what the man says. Let's agree to this contest, and let's call on our God. So that's what they do. And in verse 25, Elijah said unto the prophets of Baal, Choose you one bullock for yourselves, and dress it first, for ye are many, and call on the name of your gods, but put no fire under. They took the bullock which was given unto them, and they dressed it, and called on the name of Baal from morning even until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice, nor any that answered. And they leapt upon the altar which had was made. And it came to pass at noon that Elijah mocked them, and said, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he's talking, or he is pursuing, or he is in a journey, or peradventure he sleepeth, and must be awaked. And they cried aloud, and cut themselves after their manner, with knives and lancets, till the blood gushed out upon them. And it came to pass, when midday was past, that they prophesied until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, that there was neither voice, nor any to answer, nor any that regarded. Now that's, that's pitiful, is it not? A people that put forth such great effort, and have such great confidence in their God that they cry all day long and there's no answer from heaven. Boy, it'd be good to pray today and see whether God would answer. And say this, I, I don't believe that there's anything wrong with this. You say that you're saved. I hope and pray to God that you are. Well, if you are, you ought to get down and pray. You ought to pray to God. You ought to seek after God and say, Lord, if I'm saved, if I'm your child, if your spirit dwells within my heart, would you pass by my way either tonight, Wednesday night, or Sunday morning, or Sunday night? Would you pass by my way at the next service and give me a testimony by the fire of the Spirit of God, not something that I've worked up, not something that I put my fire under, not something that I try to make myself cry and say, but, oh God, would you give me the power of God 
that I might testify and tell of your mighty works unto the church and see whether there's an answer or not. Call on your God and see whether he'll give you the power of the Spirit of God. See whether he'll bear witness and answer your prayer with the fire of the Spirit. And friends, if we pray and we pray and we pray and there's never an answer, there's never any fire, then you can rest assured that the God you're praying to is not able to answer. You're not saved. You're not praying to the God of heaven. You're deceived and led astray, praying unto a false god. Here, the prophets of Baal, they prophesy, and look what a show that they put on. They cry loud. And I, I don't want to get too silly. But you know, even in prayer, in churches, there's, there's a lot of silliness that goes on. That's a, that's a put on. People screaming and hollering in the altar, making loud racket in the altar, and God's no, the power of God nowhere near it. But it's a show in the flesh. Well, here the prophets of Baal, they make loud racket. They make a lot of noise. They leap up on the altar. Boy, what a show. Surely that's the right. Look how sweaty that they get. Look how loud that they scream. Look at how intense that they are. Look how serious. Look how loud that they clap their hands. Look how fast that they run across the altar. Surely that's the right thing. That's the thinking of man today. Little tear, little sweat, little hollering. Yeah, that's preaching. That's the Spirit of God. Is it? Well, now they, they're going to put on a good show. Good show in the flesh. An appearance of righteousness. Matthew 23, he calls the Pharisees and the scribes and the hypocrites. He says, you're like the whited sepulchers. It looks good on the outside. To the outward man, to the eyes of the flesh, it looks like the right thing. But boy, you get down on the inside. There's no power of God. It's like in Timothy, that form of godliness. But there's no power there. No spirit of God. It's just a show. It's empty and it's vain. And it's a show in the flesh. So they, they leap on the altar, and they cry loud, and they cut themselves with knives and lancets until blood gushed. They were, they were really seeking after an answer. But the God they were praying to was not God. In Psalm 115, verse number 4, their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. 
feet have they, but they walk not, neither speak they through their throat. So here is the false god. And you know what he's like? He's like one of my young'uns, teddy bears. That bear's got eyes, a mouth, and a nose, and ears, hands, feet. He's got all of those things, but he can't see. And you think about how silly that that sounds, that I would even say that. That feels very silly to me. Well, of course, a stuffed teddy bear can't say, can't do. How foolish would it be for me to sit down with that bear and try to have a conversation with that, knowing that it's unable to do anything? It's dead. Well, friends, gods that are being served today, it's just as foolish to serve a god of my imagination and one that I've crafted in my mind when I sit down to pray unto him He's just like that stuffed animal. He can't answer me. He's dead. He is not a real living being. There's only one God. He's the God of the Bible. And Elijah is so confident. Well, Elijah shouldn't have made fun. Well, Elijah mocked and said, Look, cry a little louder. Maybe he's on a journey. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's pursuing after somebody. He just needs you to get attention. Excuses. Maybe, perhaps, Elijah had heard this before. Maybe he had heard people use these excuses before as to why God had not intervened. Perhaps that's what they had told Ahab and Jezebel. Look, Baal's busy in another place. He's not able to help bring rain right now. Baal's pursuing after another enemy. No. No, that's not the case. He's dead. He's no God. He's got no ability, no strength, no power. Yet they call, even to the place that they cut themselves. Now they're going to damage their own self, praying to this God, seeking for an answer. And that's the way it always works. You're going to seek a God that's a false God, a God of your own imagination. In Psalms, he says, these are the work of men's hands. Men have fashioned these to look and appear the way they want them to. Well, that's the way men and women do their God. They fashion his desire and what he's pleased with the way they want him to be. Well, this God's not able to answer. And... Elijah is so confident that he mocks and makes fun and really says, pray a little harder. He'll hear if you pray a little harder. In verse 5, chapter 10 of Jeremiah, they are upright as the palm tree, but they speak not. They must needs be born because they cannot go. Be not afraid of them, for they cannot do evil. Neither also is it in them to do good. Jeremiah says, don't be afraid. Elijah wasn't afraid. He wasn't concerned that by some miraculous means, Baal was going to answer. Elijah knew Baal was not a god. Friends, anything outside of the word of God, there is no other god. There's only one. 
There's no need to think that you'll get an answer in another means, in another place. There will be no answer. Jeremiah says they can't go. They've got to be carried. Man's got to prop them up. Prayer, effort, and strength to no avail. The day's coming that judgment will fall upon mankind. And they'll pray, and they'll seek God for salvation, and the door's going to be shut, and God will say, Depart from me, I never knew you. Prayer and effort to no avail. God help us today to not be halt between two opinions and especially not to be found seeking after a God that is not a God. But we ought not be afraid now to take this test of Elijah. I realize we're in a different day and we're not going to set up an altar with a sacrifice on it. But I believe exactly what I said. You're saved. You're convinced that you're saved. I challenge you. Get on your face. Pray to God for a testimony, not of the flesh, not of the tears of the flesh, not anything that you put any fire under yourself, but pray that God would give you something off the altar of heaven by the fire of the Holy Spirit of God. And if he never answers, then know you must be praying to Baal and not to the living God of heaven. That's as far as we'll go today. Thankful for each one of you. Uh, they prayed and they sought. There was no answer. And let's, let's look at this before we stop. They started in the morning. At midday, at noon, at 12 o'clock, Elijah mocks. And then they pray from midday until the time of the evening sacrifice. And there was no answer, no voice. They labored all day long to no regard. Pitiful shape. Thankful for the Word. Pray that you would consider the Word of God. That you would examine yourself. That you would cons consider these things that we not be found following after Baal, and when we need deliverance in the end, we're left high and dry with a God that can't deliver. Thankful for you. Pray that the Lord would bless you and help you and strengthen you. And we ask you to pray for us.